Parenting is hard. Few of us feel up to the task. The world is shifting, quickly and dramatically. All of us feel the changes affecting our families. The stress and pressure can be intense. We are here to help sort the good and the bad, provide insight and bring hope. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. We're so glad you stopped by. Welcome to Brilliantly Brave Parenting. I am Pastor Brad Mathias here in the studio with my co-host, Robert Beeson. You sound so excited about that, Brad. Well, I'm waiting for you to tease me or demean that? me or diminish me or some that? kind of gnarliness. No, you do lovely. it every week. Every week you do something. You're lovely. You know, I, I, if I didn't know it was your love language, I'd be deeply hurt. For sure. For well, sure. you shouldn't be hurt. I just find it kind of funny, the dolphin shorts and roller skates that you came into the office in this morning. Um, See? It's not that I'm ridiculing. It's just I just find things like that humorous. Dolphin shorts and what? Roller skates. Roller skates. Folks, I'm six foot four, 215 pounds. To if I was on roller dolphin. skates, I'd be a sail. It's not cool. Uh, well, Robert, thanks for that colorful um, compliment. Is that yeah, what that was? Yeah, it's totally a compliment. Well done. Well, thank you. Well, I've got something uh, colorful <laughs> and insightful that you might want to know. Okay. One of our yeah. positive facts this uh, season yes. we've been going through each week. Lay it on me. I've got two today. Okay. This is truth, okay? This is a historical fact. You can. We'll okay. have the verified link on our website. Okay. The voices of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse in real life got married. I knew that, actually. So that's nothing. What else you got? I thought that was interesting. <laughs> I thought kidding. it was romantic. You know, here's the other interesting thing. I think they died relatively close to each other, right? Or something? Yeah, they were. Recently. Yeah, they were married a long time. <clears throat> right. Like, they met early when they started doing the Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse cartoons with mm-hmm. Disney, and they fell in love and got married. And I mean, how many people can say that their on-screen romance romance became real? That's pretty well, rare. Nicole Kidman, Tom Cruise. Oh, don't do this. Don't. No. Minnie and Mickey Mouse, they're okay, in sacred you're right. territory. Move on. Let's get some other news. That other stuff is, <clears throat> you know. And uh, the other one, I'm... I'm kind of impressed with this. I didn't. I had no clue, and I am. I've been through a little bit of college. No two dogs' prints are the same, like a human fingerprint. Did you know that? I did not know that. That is fascinating. I mean, you've got a dog. Got I a have couple two dogs. dogs. Yeah. And then I'll have to check their noses when I. Get I wonder home. how you check that. I'm. I'm going to find out. I think I'll put like oil or ink on their nose and just smash it into the wall. You know, just to. Take note. I don't think that's fair. I, I'm going to speak up for the Brad. dog people I, yeah, in the world. I'm, I'm just I, I don't know. I know their noses are incredibly sensitive, and I know different breeds have different levels of smell and all that. And there, mm-hmm. there are different kinds of, you know, genetics there. But is that fascinating? I, I mean, so there again, God has this unique imprint <coughs> on all of creation that refers back to the individual attention to detail that God has. It's true. And uh, that brings me to our guest today. It, <laughs> How about that? For a not a good segue. I'm gl- I'm super glad and excited about our guest. I'm good with it. Okay. Well, thank you. You're kind. You're very kind. We're trying to be professionals here. Although Brandon, you couldn't tell by our dialogue. Our guest today is a world class <clears throat> drummer. Yes, he Brandon is. Lozano. He's drummed for everybody. King and Country. Phil Wickham. Matthew West. He is got rhythm, which Robert does not. Welcome to our show, man. 
Thank you, guys. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Awesome. So in all seriousness, we had a chance to debrief with Brandon a little bit before the this interview. And uh, Brandon, you really have uh, toured the world in the sense that you've been out on the road. You've experienced a lot of the Christian sort of behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, tell us your story. Just bring us up to speed where you are right now. Man. Okay. So my story. So... Um, so yeah, so I grew up in Pennsylvania for 16 years, um, and uh, and so my my parents had um, this is open, so I'll just be I'll be vulnerable and honest, and, and I'm going to give you guys uh, uh, it's the best way that I I can I can, I can do this. So um, so my parents, my my dad had an affair, and uh, and so when I was um, a junior in high school, and so. Um, man, I got to witness um, a supernatural power of forgiveness when I was when I was a senior. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom took him back, um, and I got to see their marriage restored. Um, and you know, I come from uh, my family. My my grandfather is Larry Titus, and and uh, my my grandmother is Larry. Uh, sorry, Debbie Titus. Um, they have a ministry that's called Kingdom Global, but he is literally. Um, a spiritual dad to to disciples all over the world, hmm. um, and, and and I mean over fifty countries, um, and so I grew up in a home to where um, we were always inviting people in. I mean, he was literally carrying out Matthew twenty five, and and so when uh, <laughs> when, when strangers were were there and they needed help, he invited them in, and so I always grew up. Um, that way. And, and so, uh, when my family relocated down to Dallas, um, we, I got to see the supernatural power of unity and forgiveness and grace and love in my parents. Um, and they saw it from, from their parents. Um, and so when I moved down to Dallas, um, it was a fresh start for me. And, uh, and so I started playing drums then and, and man, I just asked the Lord for, to open up some doors and and um, to play music, that's what I that's what I really wanted, and and uh, and so I wanted a, I wanted a fresh you know a fresh clean slate. I found my wife, met my wife in 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 Dallas um, at a church, and actually the band that I was in, um, uh, we we did a record, and and we ended up signing a deal with um, with Pete Kipling and Bart Miller at Simple mm-hmm. and. And so the band that I was in um, ended up breaking up after about a year. Um, and so, but um, man, Pete was my Pete was my second dad, and and um, so he said, "Hey, you know what? You know why don't you move to Nashville?" And um, let me interject here for just bro- one second. A Pete, for those sure, of you yeah. listeners that don't know, Pete Kipley is a, a producer in town. He he did a lot of the the massive hits for Mercy Me. So go on. Sorry, just people that don't know. Yeah. So Pete and Karen are, are um, unbelievable. And, and I lived with Pete, um, geez, for, for months and months and months and months. And, um, and so because Phil was on that same label, we had, um, you know, I was 18 and he might have been 19 at the time um, recording Grace. And so, uh, so we did that together, both stayed at Pete's house together. And, um, and then I just stayed up in Nashville. And so I got to meet um, you know, a lot of the artists and, and he introduced me to a lot of people and, 
And man, there were, <laughs> whenever you're that young and you're surrounded by incredibly talented people who are much better than you, um, man, it was just, yeah, it was just God's grace and, uh, and that, that he'd opened up some of those doors. And, um, so I got married at 22 and, um, and was out, um, you know, we got married in, in Fort Worth and then my wife moved up to Nashville. Um, and we had our first, our first boy Levi. Um, and so we had Levi whenever I was 24. Um, and, and so during that time I was actually on a, on a tour with Crowder, um, I was playing for an artist named Phil Danu and and man, I was gone almost all of her, all of my wife's pregnancy, and mm. um, and so you know Levi was born, and I just remember um, that's kind of when everything for me shifted. Um, so uh, yeah, just immediately as soon as he was born, I just you know I I finally understood what it was like to be. To be a to be a son of God's, and I didn't understand that until I was a father, and and um, and so I understood, you know, unconditional love, and I understood, um, uh, well, now that my life is different, now I've got, yeah, this is kind of funny, um, but I remember on discharge day, they were going, hey guys, it's time, you know, all right, uh, you know, it's time to go home, and and we'll put him in the suit er, uh, in the in the seat carrier, and. And I just remember looking at Chelsea, I'm like, what did they, like, why, why did they think I'm responsible enough to do this? I can't do this. Like, <laughs> what are they doing? You know, I'm good. I can't, I can't handle this. And, um, like I can barely, you know, handle myself. And, um, and so that's when, that's really when everything started to shift for me. So, um, yeah, sorry, give me a moment. Um, so I was out with Brickane Country and Joel and Luke and, um, you know, we had, they were in our, they were in my wedding and, um, they're my, some of my closest friends and, um, and their dad, Dave, uh, you know, he really showed me what, um, what a family is kind of supposed to look like and, and, and they, they kind of adopted me in and, um, I had no family there. But they were they were my family, and so um, you know we spent we spent three or four years developing um, Joel and Luke at the time, and then uh, it was their first record for King Country. Um, Crave came out, and and so um, I played on that record, and and the last tour that I did was in um, was for Winter Jam, and I just told Joel and Luke, and I said, hey guys. Um, I just feel like God's calling me to, to be a husband and a dad. And, and, um, and so, so, you know, they, we remain super close. Uh, we still do to this day. Um, uh, just texted the other day and, um, but God really needed to pull me away for a season. And little did I know I got home and whenever I got home, um, you know, I didn't, I, I really kind of just put up my sticks and I said, Lord, like, this is not, I used to pray prayers like, Hey, my identity is in you. And, um, and God, I'll do anything that you want me to do, you know, but it was, 
uh, before my, <laughs> it was like, all right, well, if that has something to do with music, then I'm good. Um, hmm. but, but then whenever he asked me to come home, um, my second son Landon was born and now I know why, um, he called me back to be with family. Um, because when Landon was born, he, uh, he was born early and he couldn't, he couldn't breathe very well. Um, Landon ended up going on and having, he had 174 uh, episodes of sleep apnea in an hour. And uh, the diagnosis level was five. And it was the highest case that they'd ever seen. Are you guys hearing that hiss? Or is that your computer? Sorry, guys, I think it. Um, we lost you for a second so, there. Um, can I ask you to go back? Um, we lost you right when you said it was the highest that they had ever seen. <clears throat> can we get a pickup from there? Okay, sure. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, it was the highest case of, of, of obstructive sleep apnea that they had seen. And um, so he went up to Children's Hospital and the next, really ever since I moved back, um, Man, I, I had to really fight for my family, and and God showed me along the way what it really means to be to be His son, and to be and to be a father, and to be a dad. And um, and so, uh, we'll fast forward. Landon had um, about seven surgeries whenever he was two, and uh, and then there was one day he had an episode of of cyanosis. And what cyanosis is is whenever you turn blue. Um, and my wife had found him hmm. like that. And, um, and so she, we called the doctor and they said, Hey guys, like this is, this is the stage right before death. And, um, that means that he had no oxygen. They said, he, we need to trach your son, um, in the next 12 hours. And, and so from that point forward, um, I, I never realized that, uh, <laughs> that my children weren't my children, that they were God's children. Hmm. And, um, and you know, this is something that's only learned whenever you have to give them up. You have to be okay with, with Lord, like what I can't do. There's nothing that I can do on my own. He's yours. You know, this is your son. And, um, and so, so they went in and, and he got a trach put in. And I remember Landon, um, since he was so young, um, he didn't, he woke up. I remember walking into the ICU and, and, um, and he looked up and was screaming. Um, and, but not, no sound was coming out. Hmm. And, um, and he woke up and didn't have a voice. And so, um, so as a dad, I remember breaking down and, and, uh, the guy like, why is this so hard for me? You know, what, why is this so hard for me? And, and the Holy Spirit just spoke and said, it's because you can't explain to him why. You can't explain to him why he woke up and didn't have a voice. Um, and it's not because of my inability to speak. I mean, I could speak to my son. Um, but it was because of his inability to understand. He was just two. And the only thing in that moment I could say is, son, just trust me, you know. Trust me, this is this is for your own good. Like this was to give you life, and um, but and so it really started to shape um, to shape me. You know, people 
uh, <laughs> growth happens very naturally and uh, happened naturally in, in Jesus and, um, and it happens naturally in us. But when we walk through such a painful and difficult time, um, you know, this is, this is what produces character and perseverance. And, um, and so, and what that showed me was, you know, whenever I begin to walk through these difficult times, I stopped asking God why. And, um, because, uh, I, I, I have no idea. Um, and, and, and probably because I can't under, can't understand at this moment why I'm walking through something, but I do know that God's good. And, um, and so I'll fast forward and, and, you know, this, what started then was, was really just kind of a lifestyle of, of trying to live out first Thessalonians five sixteen, which is in every circumstance, <laughs> give thanks and rejoice always. Mm-hmm. And, um, and never stop praying. And this is God's will for me. And, um, but in those moments I'm going, how, how do I do this? Like how, you know, on the way to the hospital, it was a 30 minute drive every day. Um, and you know, it was, uh, I would get in the car and I would ask Chelsea, I said, Hey honey, um, all right, what are we grateful for today? You know, and sometimes we started real small we're like, we're thankful for a car. <laughs> we're thankful that Landon's alive. We're thankful that, that God's given him life, that he, that we have each other. We're thankful. And we literally do that until it changes. <laughs> and so, um, cause as a, as a dad, I knew that, that I needed to be strong for him and, and, um, and I needed to, I needed him to know that, that he was going to be okay. And so, and that this was for his good. Um, the next three years of Landon's life, um, he couldn't speak. And so, um, he was really, really angry. We had living nurses with us. Um, he, he wasn't himself. He was, he would go into a corner and he couldn't communicate. And so, um, he would try to make sounds like, eh, 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 you know, and, and he would just scream and get frustrated because he couldn't communicate and talk. And so, um, so it's, I've actually got a tattoo. I don't know if you guys can see it. Um, hmm. but this actually represents silence and death. And, and, uh, so because I'm February 7th, uh, February 7th of 2016. Um, there's two lines here for February. So two, and there's a seven for that date, the seventh. Um, and these are volume signs because on that day, um, at my, at my grandparents' house, there was a, a girl named Bianca Toledo. She's, um, she has an amazing testimony. She's Brazilian. She was at my parents, my grandparents' home. She saw a picture of Landon. He had a trach in and and she said, hey, can I pray for him? Um, and so we all gathered together as a family and she prayed. Um, and uh, we just entered into a hallelujah chorus and, and, um, and Landon starts repeating after us. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> was his first word that he spoke. Hmm. Wow. How and, old was uh, he when that happened, Brandon? How old was he when you guys <clears throat> prayed over him? He was, he was almost five, okay. four and a half. And so, um, but she said something really interesting. She said, she said, healing happens through the parents. Um, and she just looked at us and I go, what are you talking about? 
Well, um, obviously, any kind of healing, anything that we have, the fact that we have life, the fact that we know love and and uh, is only by the blood of Jesus. Um, and uh, but the gift that He's given us in, in the Holy Spirit means that that we can walk, you know, through this life with with love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness mm-hmm. and faithfulness and self-control. And so, um, so that that next week, um, my, my oldest son, Levi, he, uh, I have three kids, by the way, I'm sorry. Levi is nine. Landon is seven now. And Eliana is five, my little girl. Um, but my oldest Levi was about six and a half at the time. And, um, and I had just asked him to go and get his clothes. And I said, Hey buddy, you know, can you go get dressed for, uh, can you go get dressed, um, for bedtime? And, and so he just melted down, like all out melted down, like through a fit. And I'm going, I'm going, Levi, like, what are you doing? You know, this is a very simple, like stop being, you know, disobedient and all this stuff. And, and like, I asked you to do a very simple thing. Like, and so, um, because I, I was always kind of brought up and, you know, it's, we obey and it's right away and it's all the way. And it's, and it's, um, and it's the happy way. Right. And it's <laughs> obedience. Um, but when he melted down, uh, he then began to cry. And so, um, so I'm like, buddy, what's wrong? What's, what's going on? Why are you upset? And, and he said, um, he said, because I'm afraid I'm going to do it the wrong way. Hmm. And, uh, man, it crushed me. Um, yeah, because I, I, I just said, buddy, like I'm so, and I apologize to him. And I said, I'm so, so sorry for any time that I've, I've made you feel afraid to try. And I said, um, so I asked for forgiveness and, um, I asked for forgiveness and I said, you know, I, I said, all that I want for you, I said, I just want you, um, I just want you to try, you know, and I said, if you come back in this room and you've got your underwear on your head and your shirt, you know, on your, on your toes, I, whatever it is, I said, I, buddy, I will celebrate you and I'll be so happy and so proud of you. And, um, and then right at that moment, the Holy Spirit just spoke and said, Landon was afraid to speak. And man, um, as a parent, you know, we always try our best and we always, you know, try to try to help our children. So whenever he was little and he couldn't, he could just make noises, but I'm trying to teach him how to talk. I was saying, Hey buddy, uh, no, no, no. Like we'll try it this way. And no, no, no. Let's try it like this. But from that point forward, I said, Lan, um, and this was after he spoke his first word. I said, buddy, um, I said, you can just try to talk whenever you want. Like, it doesn't have to sound like anything. And um, I said, there's no right or wrong way to speak. And and I said, but this is a, you know, I just want you to try. And, um, and so from that point forward, man, um, everything kind of started to change. Landon, um, yeah, Landon, 
was fluent in a year, taught himself how to read. He's like the most wow. bright kid ever. Um, and, uh, and Levi, actually, he started playing the drums when he was seven. And I did the same thing with that. I said, buddy, um, there's no right or wrong way to play. And, uh, and I, said, I said, and music is a language. You know, it's very similar. And I said, here, you know, here are some sticks. Like, go ahead and play. And, and there's, and just like he would hear something, he would try to emulate it, you know, and, and I didn't sit down and say, you know, oh, 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 stop doing that or, or, well, I need to work on this or, or no, no, that's not quite right. And just being all over him, because then what does that do? That just creates fear. And, um, and so literally, uh, through that, I mean, Levi has completely excelled at playing the drums and like he's nine now and he's phenomenal he's unbelievable wow so let me just jump in real fast because the producer's giving me some heads up we're we're tied on time but i know I'm that sorry. that you guys went through a significant journey um as a family and yeah sort of uh seeing god restore things in your home and in particular with your kids and you mentioned to me that you work with uh uh, TBRI, which uh, s- tell us about TBRI here uh, for people who are listening, who are like, man, I I need some help with my kids. I need some help with some healing in my home. Tell them about yeah. this and how they could get involved with it. Well, so um, I actually this is this is all kind of very new to me, um, but we're going through foster training right now and. Um, and so uh, I was walking through a therapeutic um, uh, training class and um, the guy who taught it's Ryan North from um, from Tapestry and, and the Empowered Parent. He's an unbelievable uh, foster parent. And he teaches on uh, these techniques for children who have come from places of trauma. Um, and in the foster care system, these are, uh, you know, confirmed victims of, of child abuse and neglect. And, um, and so, but what, what TBRI is, is, um, uh, so Dr. Karen Purvis with, with, uh, TCU and, and, um, and early childhood development had developed, um, developed this system to where, you know, it's very interesting. It is completely focusing on, um, on a connection with the child and, and for really, truly seeing, um, the child for, for who they are and as God sees them. Um, and, and she helps you understand, you know, what's behind this behavior. And so what it did for me was, uh, I never realized I've been, you know, my, my wife, I mean, Landon hasn't, has had a crazy journey with his health. My wife has had even a more difficult and, and challenging journey. And so, um, but it wasn't up until recently that I actually, so my children, the behaviors of my children um, were being impacted because of what they had walked through their entire life. My oldest Levi was throwing fits and and was like super like um, afraid of anything with having to do with the schedule. And and so what's going on? But every time that mom would leave whenever he was growing up, it was because um, there was so much uncertainty and he never knew whenever she was going to come back, mm. whenever dad was going to come back. 
And I, I actually saw our children just like just like foster children are, just like a lot of us are as, as actually believers before we're adopted into God's family, right? But what happens in, in trauma, um, with traumatized children, and, and so many of us have actually created trauma in our children. And what, it, what this does is, um, so it, it teaches you how to respond to them. And so um, I'm gonna give you a real practical example. Um, she has what's called an ideal response and so in that ideal response, um, uh, whenever a child is, is myth, you know, misbehaving, is that you immediately, so the I stands for immediate. And what that means is you immediately address it within three seconds. And so I'll pull them away and say, oh, wait a second. Hey, buddy, let's try that again. And so, um, but never, you know, there's never anything like, these children who have come from a lot of different homes or, or for like my son, he was passed around to a ton of different families who were helping us, you know, telling him time out is like, well, now that's more neglect, you know? And so my, what I thought was, you know, good discipline or, or, or correction actually was just causing more harm, you know, <clears throat> and, and understanding, wait a second, this behavior is, is because of this reason. And so I want to address it immediately and I want to I want to do it um, efficiently with as few words as possible as I can, uh, and then I want him to actually change his behavior. Let's try that again, right? And so, and then it's always leveled at the behavior and not the child. And I think this is the thing that that as parents, um, it's so important that we actually parent our kids with kindness, with the fruits of the spirit, with love, with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness with self-control and gentleness. And think about us as believers and sons of, of our father, right? We're, it's through his kindness that leads us to repentance. That's so good. Through a changed yeah, mind. It is really good. We're, we're unfortunately running out of time. Uh, how, how can people find out about this, this technique, TBRI? Where can they go? Yeah, so... Um, so there is there are a couple of resources the 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 whole brain child um, the connected child um, you can look up TBRI um, and uh, and there's a bunch of stuff on YouTube about it um, but it allows you and it empowers you gives you very practical tools um, to to make sure that that you're addressing behavior um, and. And that's done through, and you're and you're you're keeping connection with your child, and that's that's really the most important thing. That's awesome, and we'll post links in the show notes for this podcast. And Brandon, I'm just so grateful you took time out to visit with us, um, and I applaud you for making the decisions you've made to put your family first. And so, thank you for uh, sharing your insights. Happy to do it, guys. We are excited to announce the Storms of Life study, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. It's a great subtitle, Living Beyond Stressed Out and Overwhelmed. Yeah, I mean, at this point, we know that students are stressed. And for parents and pastors, it's important to know what are the top three things that are really on the minds of our kids. So Brad, walk us through what they can expect from the Storms of Life. This is an eight-week study. It has uh, video insights. It has uh, presentations from a actual youth retreat with junior high and high school students. 
These kids are going to learn about how their faith can help them fight back the stress that they're living with every day at school. Check it out on iShineLive.com. Well, Robert, that was a lot to process really quick. It is. And um, first of all, let me just start by saying I think he, I mean, it's admirable to walk away from the music business um, takes a pretty significant step of faith. Yeah, it does. Um, Especially one that's going so well. So I applaud him for that, first of all. And then second, just seeing how can you imagine if he didn't? All the things that that family faced after he left, I mean, it was absolutely, he listened to God's voice in, in telling him it was time to move on because he was desperately needed by his his kids, his wife. And um, so I am I was inspired by his story. Well, I, yeah, I mean, he is an artist. You can tell by oh, yeah. the way story. he communicates. And I mean, he's, he's really feeling these things again as he's telling a story to us. I could see it you know, in his body language yeah. on, on the Skype screen. But one of the things that really stuck out to me is, you know, he uh, has a desire to do this parenting thing right. Right. It's more, um, it's more than just like, I want to be a good dad. He's like, he's passionate about really, really caring for his kids. And at the same time, yes, I completely agree with that. Um, at the same time, he said something that, I think is a really good reminder for all of us is that he realized for the first time that they were God's kids and not his. Yeah. And so there's this, you can do everything. We can do everything in our power to do the right things, whether it be discipline or, you know, correcting our ways and even going back to the other way and, and just modeling fruits of the spirit in our, in our approach. I know that my parenting approach has changed over the course of, you know, as many years as I've been parenting at the end of the day though, We've got to trust that they are God's kids and he is in pursuit of them as much as he was in pursuit of me or you. And that doesn't stop because we've done the right thing or the wrong thing. And so it's it's hard to recognize that, but you can tell that he has had an encounter with that and he has surrendered that control, yet he's fired up to continue to do the best that he can with what he's got and constantly adapt and learn. That's the other, you know, <clears throat> listening to him, he's one that like, Okay, l- let me figure this out. Then let me, it's constantly evolving. And as parents, you know, in older generations, it was like, well, this is the way we do it. We're going to do it this way because I always did it this way. Your mom, did, your grandmother did it this way. And and what I love about him is it's like those things. That's a great foundation. But let's constantly try to adapt and yeah. evolve. I mean, he may, he says something really interesting um, that in the middle of Landon's sort of crisis, I mean. He's, his son's about to die. He's cyanotic. They're having to trach him. I mean, in medical yeah. terms, that's that desperate stuff. Clearly, they cut the the vocal cords mm-hmm. when they did that, and so he couldn't speak because of the trach operation itself can sometimes sever those, especially in a child. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of space there. So you know, here here he's in the middle of that, and he's seen his son can't actually understand what's happening. He can't speak. And he's sort of in, he's recognizing that God's showing him an image of himself. Mm-hmm. And I really hit yeah. me. I was yeah. like, I was a little teary eyed there. I was like, man, uh, how many times I've been the two year old getting traked by God and not knowing that He's trying to save my life, you know? And right, you know, I can't breathe right and I, I can't speak and I don't understand what's happening. It feels happening. catastrophic. And yeah, and He's like, look, I'm saving your life. You don't understand, but there is something really important me. at stake here. 
And you look back at those things and they all make sense. But mm-hmm. in the moment, you're lost as yeah, a parent. That's true. So I, I just appreciated his ability to communicate how he felt as a parent in the middle of that. And I know there are parents listening who may feel, you know, I, I'm dealing with something with my child that's so overwhelming, no one can understand it. And mm-hmm. I, I just want to encourage you, like, listen to our podcast because we have story after story of parents who've been through things that could really be an the end of their rope. Yeah. Uh, just for some quick references, TBRI is a uh, technique that's taught at TCU under the auspice of Karen Purvis. She's written a book, The Connected Child. We will have those links on our website, brilliantlybrieparenting.com. And uh, we hope you can check that out and see if that technique would be helpful for raising your children, especially if you're dealing with traumatized kids. Sounds like a great approach. And as always, we're so glad that you spent time with us this week. We'll be here again next week with something awesome, mostly awesome, right? And Right, Brent? You know, d- just <clears throat> dig a little deeper. I'm not digging any deeper. I'm just saying. Of course it's awesome. It's five-star awesome. It'll be here I next week. You should there. be too. So if you think about it. Give us some comments, questions, suggestions, and uh, if you feel so inclined, give us some stars, and we'll see you again next week. Thanks. God bless. Bye. Be encouraged, parents. You are not alone. In Paul's letter to his son in the faith, Timothy, he writes, But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Brilliantly Brave Parenting wants to be an encouragement and support that parents can rely on. Would you consider liking us and sharing us with a friend? As a part of the Tween Gospel Alliance, we are a nonprofit organization dependent on the support of friends like you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be right here next week. Brad, you know I'm a foodie, right? Absolutely. Okay, I want to tell you about this awesome coffee experience. It's called CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. It is a faith-run coffee culture. And the thing that's really cool about this is that they roast their own beans, they have delicious coffees, and they they have two brick and mortar, so two coffee bars, as well as a virtual location at cjscoffeecafe.com. Here's the cool thing. They ship their beans, they ship their coffee anywhere in the world, so you don't just have to be in Texas to enjoy it. CJ's Coffee Culture and Community. Awesome. Well, we're very excited to announce a partnership with the guys that we know from Boise, Idaho, Robert. Yes, we are. New release today. They're fantastic. Very, very relevant for what's going on. If you want to discover new music in the Christian realm, that's kind of the only place to go. Yeah, and not only do they have amazing music and amazing reviews and just a lot of information about Christian artists, but they are creating with us a brand new devotional product. Call it IRL Resources. Do you know what that stands for, Brad? I found out. You did? What does it stand for? It stands for In Real Life. That's exactly right, Brad. Very good. In Real Life, because a lot of times we have these standard devotionals that you know that, that we see, and, and we thought that it would be kind of cool to use their expertise in Christian music, couple that with actual scriptural and devotional thought that digs you deeper, not only into the song, but incorporates it into real life. And so it's a very vibrant and very awesome resource for families and for pastors. Yeah, and so if you uh, have a preteen or a teen in 
your home and you're looking for a new devotional to do weekly, we have a digital subscription online at IRLresources.com. It's very inexpensive. The first study is free to check it out. There's nothing to lose. You should go there and see what's the latest thing in Christian devotional. Absolutely. You won't regret it.